Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. We're on Season 6, Episode 13, Bad News, and say hello, Jen. Hello. All right, well, I'm going to jump into this. The There was something I didn't notice during the show except for a couple times, but didn't really <coughs> think about it too hard, was the, the countdown mm-hmm. in the episode. I didn't read a lot of detail behind it except for that it was there that they showed the numbers from 50 all the way down to 1. Right. Except for 5, which became a high 5 instead. Right. Um, did you read any explanation behind why? Um, no, I didn't see it. It's kind of, macab- that. kind of macabre to be the countdown to his dad's death. So I think the maybe the one thing that I read could make sense is that, like, initially up until, like, when they actually filmed it, they didn't know what the ending was going to be. So potentially maybe they... There was the implication that maybe they were counting down to Lily announcing her pregnancy. Oh. But I didn't see that, like, explicitly written, but that that was kind of just, like, the assumption was that, like, that's what what was going to end the episode. And it said it was this. But yeah, I started... um, I, you know, started clocking. I clocked it at 48, and then I, like, started going back, and I was like, okay, if I do that, this is actually going to take forever. So I just, I wrote it down when I saw them, but I didn't catch all of them. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't really going to cover them because it just doesn't really do anything for the story. No, I wasn't going to like. I think and it's here's where Aladdin. number forty nine is. But I just for myself, I just wanted to see how many I could catch, like while I was actually actively looking. And although I didn't rank this episode very high, it's it was enjoyable, and I was thinking if I had to do all the rankings all over again, I would give. And I've said this before, points mm-hmm. for sentimental moments that work, and right. this has a big one that does. And I was thinking, I you know, just give ten bonus points for a good sentimental episode that, although it might not have as many laughs, has you feeling things. Right. And so I added ten points on top of this one just to see where we'd go with the rankings, and it was still outside of the top one hundred. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna say this is probably the best of the sentimental moments. The rest of the episode is very meh. I liked some of the stuff. We'll get to it. In the meantime, we have a whole bunch of write-ins. Awesome. I'll start with another Swedish person. The title of the email. <laughs> yeah. That's the title of her email. God, we are huge in Sweden. We really are. I think if we decided to travel to Sweden, we couldn't step off of the, <laughs> uh, off of the plane without being swarmed. You're so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is from Katarina. Hi, I'm a new listener, and I found it funny... I'm the second Swedish listener. Actually, she's the third. Right? Vihors, which was perfectly pronounced, by the way, of course means you're the best. Or we'll talk later, see you soon. I think think we read that from somebody else's Felix's or Mm -hmm. I forget who else's Swedish's emails. I've got to listen to, and I'm so excited. Would be fun to get to know you a bit better as well. Anyways, thanks for the pod. All the best. Katarina. All right. Well, thank you and for then I, writing in. Yeah, and then I wrote her a nice, you know, welcome to the podcast mm-hmm. as an audience member. And then she wrote, and, you know, excited to have somebody new. And she wrote back, I'm so glad, too. I've looked into the episodes you have in front of you. So I saw that the flash forward to 2020 is close with Ted at the airport trying to get to or from China. And he meets Tracy, the bartender. She corrects this later as Wendy, the waitress, though. Mm, okay. The pandemic references are just running through my mind. And then she wrote again, a few days later, I'm really binging the show, and I laughed out loud when Felix talks about the Norwegian people 
and Jen talked about Switzerland confused for Sweden. I'm actually from the south of Sweden, so my accent sounds a lot like Danish, but even we talk English with Danish people to make ourselves understood. (laughs) (laughs) Haha, Norwegian is far easier. I'm a teacher, should be mentioned, and I laughed out loud when you mentioned that teachers would have problems figuring out baby names. I'm not a mother myself, but I have the names on both a do and don't list for future kids. <laughs> That's amazing. Himyum has, of course, meant a lot to me, too. It's definitely got a good range of emotions and has left me crying on occasion. I can't think of top episodes or anything, but I have favorite moments for sure. This email is far too long already, but I'll get back to you when I want to add something. No such thing as too long of an email when you write to us. And then it says, Skikat Fran Min iPhone. I think that's like the auto... <laughs> Sent for my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, didn't you know I can read Swedish? Next, we have another new listener, or writer at least. Lee, I'll leave his last name out. Hey, Himium lovers. I just discovered your podcast within the last year, long after you started it. I'm doing a full rewatch of the series listening to each podcast as I watch. Love the podcast. The political correctness sometimes get a little <laughs> taken a little too far over the top, but it's not a big deal since everything else is about the show is so great. Do you want to respond to that, Jen? No, we just are who we are, so... <laughs> yeah, I, You know what you're going to get if you listen to this podcast. I've listened to some past podcasts of ours where I'm kind of like, eh, eh, I think there I did give a little too credence, or I recognize something that some people have to feel like needs to be called out now, where I didn't feel like it needed to be called out anymore, so I'm sort of... We've been doing this for how many years now? <laughs> I know. So I think my point is, yeah, I think probably we do mention things that don't need to be mentioned that are, you know, have a name to them now. I think I mentioned, the, uh, you know, cultural appropriation and stuff like that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just talked about, in my opinion, too much these days. And oh, I think God. some of that we can leave out, although I know you will bring some of it up and you're always welcome to, of course. He goes on. I just listened to you show, your show about the fourth season episode, Murtaugh, and wanted to send a message about Robin and her views about Canadian media that is shown here. As a Canadian myself, I can say that no Canadian would ever be surprised that an American hadn't heard of a Canadian-made movie or TV show. <laughs> not only that, we're not even surprised when fellow Canadians have never heard about most Canadian movies or TV shows. There is some great Canadian talent out here, Colby Smolders being one of them. But their biggest claims to fame have always been from American studios. I love Robin's way of defending Canada and her patriotism, but honestly, a person as smart as Robin Trubatsky should definitely know better. McElroy and Lafleur, come on, Robin, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> Thanks for a great nice. podcast. I'm looking forward to continuing on with it through the remainder of the series. All the best to you both and your loud snoring dog, oh, Lee. Yep, she's right next to us. Sarnia, me. Ontario, Canada. Awesome. Thanks for writing in. Yeah, good email. Roxy says hello. Through her snores. No, she doesn't. <laughs> Stick to Swedish, Jen. Um, you definitely I, don't speak dog. I have an email, but I only have page one of page oh, one of two. Yeah. So. I don't know if there's. Oh, that yeah, that's supposed to be okay. So there's a couple more emails, but they mentioned this episode, mm-hmm. so we'll read them afterwards. Okay. All right, so let's get into it. Bad news. We start off. Kids, when Lily and Marshall started trying to have a baby, they went a little crazy, and there's some fun with them being at a doctor after trying for six days and not getting pregnant. Months went by, and still nothing happened. I 
do like some of the talk with the doctor about how they are doing it a lot and everywhere. <laughs> Outside and you're waiting the kitchen. <laughs> the doctor says if they're really worried, they can go to a reproductive endocrinologist, Dr. Strangel. Stangle. Are you just thinking of Dr. Strange from Marvel movies? Maybe. He's the best in the city. So they're at the bar kind of discussing it. You know, Marshall doesn't know if they need a specialist at this point. I thought it was a little cliche, Lily's. What's your plan, Marshall? Just have unprotected sex day after day after day in every position imaginable. Wait, that sounded worse in my head. Yeah. Barney enters. He has an application for the regional doubles laser tag tournament in Poughkeepsie. But only one of them can be his partner. And sort of a, in a knotted way, Marshall ends up being designated, although it sounds like through the rest of the episode that he does did not plan not, to do yeah, this. <laughs> that he changes his mind and his commitment to it. So they decide to go to Dr. Stengel. We're at Dr. Stengel's. Yeah, Lily goes alone at first. And Dr. Stengel walks in. It looks like Barney with black hair and a beard, slightly different speech. Yeah, like a little bit of an he tried to change. Yeah, he tried to change his voice. Sound a little bit New England or something. I couldn't really tell. Yeah, I don't know what he's going for. And I feel like bar. it lost it like later in the episode, or maybe I just wasn't noticing it anymore. He talked less later in the episode. True. I think that's that's what happened there. We, we cut back to the bar. We see Barney talking, doing some peas and carrots act there, and Lily right. comes in and throws a bowl of pretzels on him. Wants to know how he did it. And then Barney thinks she's talking about cameras around their bedroom. Weird that they never return to that topic. Yeah, well, and he doesn't say where the cameras are. So to explain what she's talking about, we get the flashback. It's Lily addressing Dr. Stengel. Where'd you get the beard? Uh, the doctor says his mother's Armenian. <laughs> Marshall, then that's in the flashback. Yeah, Marshall you know, says you know, he's been with Barney all day, so it definitely was not him. Lily says, wait, so you weren't wearing a fake beard and examining girl parts all day? Not today, I wasn't. <laughs> and Ted marvels that they found Barney's doppelganger and then lets Lily know that, by the way, that hot dog vendor was not him. Right, so... Angry gets, Lily gets angry about this for like one second and then gets over it and moves on. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the whole reason that they started trying to have the kid was that they were waiting to see all of the doppelgangers and Lily thought she saw it, so they went ahead. So, right. Yeah, in Lily's mind now, they've upset the universe by but doing it when they shouldn't, weren't supposed to. But she's going back to Dr. Stangle and getting thoroughly checked out, Barney suggests, or cost-saving alternative, and then you know where this is going. <laughs> right. <laughs> back at Dr. Stangle's office. I still think it's Barney. There's no way it's Barney. And then he walks in. It's Barney. Wow, dude, really, bravo. You almost got a peek. <laughs> <laughs> and then he insults his beard. <laughs> Tries to pull it off, and of course it doesn't come off. It's really... His beard. Right. Marshall immediately straightens up and <laughs> tries to get back to regular appointment time. And Dr. Stangle is shockingly uncurious about their behavior. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But she, Lily will not let him examine her still. She just can't be convinced. That it's not Barney. <laughs> a little while later, as we get a flash to. Barney comes in, so she's seeing both of them at the same time. Barney gets kicked out. Um, For sort of insulting Dr. Stangle. <laughs> right. Tries to steal the model. vagina model. <laughs> There's a model of a vagina in the office of like those kind of things. That he anatomical. Sort of piece, yeah, he sort of pieced them together. Right, to see the different parts of... Right. 
I think it's funny that he tries to steal it. <laughs> yes. And then as, as Dr. Stengel begins his examination, he asks her to please scoot up. Suit up? Not convinced. This whole thing stinks to high heaven. So. Marshall said, well, how could that possibly be? You just saw Barney, and she says that he could pull some crazy switch. Remember the Swedish cousin that came to visit? Bjorni? <laughs> Our Swedish listeners, do you know him? Yeah. <laughs> or Swedish listeners, do you know any Bjornis? Oh, yeah. Is that a real name? <laughs> I have to imagine it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm sure. But. And then later, Barney's in the room. To make Lily feel more comfortable, but he has Ted's Sensory Deprivator 5000 from Monday Night Football on. <laughs> I could not think of the name of that thing, so I just wrote down the Super Bowl, the, the thing from the Super Bowl spoiler episode. I shockingly remember the name. I remember commenting quite a bit about it, how, why the 5000? <laughs> right. But I listened, to, I re-listened to our podcast, so. Right. There you go. So, they did whatever exam they needed to do, and he will call in a few days. In the meantime, Barney's like... In his own world, he's taking pictures of I don't know what. I guess in his head he's taking pictures of lilies during the exam, which is... Oh, like like he's got it reversed and taking it over his shoulder or something. I I think he thinks he's taking it straight ahead of him. I don't know. Oh, that could be. We get a little comment smile for the birdie little gynomite that really doesn't fit here. Why is he doing a good times? Not good times, it's a... because she's yeah, a gynecologist. And they just leave him in there and don't tell him that the appointment's over. And then we switch stories. This is sort of a two-hander between the fertility story and then Robin's starting a new job. So worldwide news, which I think is probably just a stand-in for CNN since they don't mention CNN on the show. Right. So this is the big leagues. She comes back from her first day, they're at the apartment, Ted asks her about it, and then she gives like a thumbs down fart noise. <laughs> then we get the flashback. She comes there and as she's being introduced around, she gets introduced to the new hardfire host, Sandy Rivers. We get a reaction from Ted on that. <laughs> Still mad at Sandy Rivers, I guess. And the first thing Sandy says to her Well, he recognizes her, and then when the lady, you know, whoever's walking Robin around asks, you know, they know each other, Sandy announces that they've had sex. Right. End of flashback. Ted's a little confused. You had sex with Sandy Rivers? No, she did not. And there's some comment about the way she phrases it. (laughs) And already I'm the girl who slept with the host of the show. Which, maybe she would have, but not now now that it's Sandy Rivers. (laughs) We're at Marshall and Lily's apartment. Lily said there's a couple messages on the machine. His dad called. He wants to know if he has any sixes. Apparently, they have a long-distance game of Go Fish. Can you think of anything more boring? <laughs> I mean, texting was a thing. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Wouldn't that have been at least a better way to do a weird virtual game of Go Fish? Well, there was a message from Dr. Stengel. She's extremely fertile. Which Marshall's really excited about for approximately 10 seconds and then realizes that if she's fine, then maybe he's... Got an issue. All right, at the bar. He, oh, and at that point, he decides not to call his dad. Right, and so there is a flash to Marshall's dad, like, you know, presumably his little, like, garage or work area, which I think, you know, comes into play a little bit later. So I'm just going to put a little pin in that for now. At the bar, Marshall says that he was put on a brave face, but when he thinks about it, they've had unprotected sex 203 times in the past four months. And then we get an over-the-head high high five. five. (laughs) Obviously, he's the problem. Barney goes, problem? You can't get a girl pregnant? That's the dream. 
All right. Robin shows up. Second day of work. <clears throat> Another thumbs down and part ways. <laughs> Lily wants to know what's wrong. Ted goes, oh, didn't you hear? She's the office slut. Billy, already? Oh, honey. <laughs> Which I circled as a... <laughs> coming up soon. <laughs> oh, oh, honey, right. Two episodes from now. Robin wishes she was the office slut. They, we get the flashback to Worldwide News. And Sandy's pushing on. Yes, we definitely had sex. They're arguing back and forth. And then Sandy remembers, oh, no. You're not the girl I had sex with. The girl who did the report on the carriage driver and slipped and fell on horse poop. Now, I don't think Sandy was there yet when that happened. Or at least they hadn't shown him on the show. I mean, he was... So it was the first season, right? And so he would have been the co-host. But she wasn't a host yet. No, but she was out doing those little stories. So, like, he probably would have seen it or heard about it. Oh, yeah, but you know what? They do mention Sandy. They do mention Sandy earlier when she has to fill in for him on the weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when Sandy points this out, she switches gears. We did have sex. (laughs) And then Sandy uh, says, Gregory... Gregory becomes a person to know here. Do me a favor. And then they show the, flat, the, the video of it, and now everyone calls her sure poopy. And so everybody at the bar is laughing hysterically at this. Ted suggests that she should just play along, steer into the skid. Barney, I, I marked this comment down, so I'm going to read it. Um... Or when your, I don't know, friend invites you to a laser tag tournament, you don't fight it, you just stress. So he, he's continually, this is, this is just a, well, except for, it's a good episode for Neil Patrick Harris because of the two characters. Yeah. But this, you know, quote unquote Barney part of this is just sad. Right. Although it does give us a reason for him to pretend to be Dr. Stangle <laughs> sure. at the end. Marshall's phone's ringing. Marshall looks at his phone. It's his dad. He's not going to answer because he only likes to tell his dad good news. Right. And so again, we get a little flash to his dad in his garage. Yeah, and Marshall says, you know, he wants to get his stuff checked out first. He'll call his dad after Dr. Stengel gives him the thumbs up. <laughs> Ted goes, he has to do that? <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> we get a little f- bit of flashbacks of all the things Marshall called his dad about. He's yeah, getting got married. There is a callback here when Marshall calls him to let him know he found an amazing Viking lamp that fits right on the coffee table. There was... A comment by Lily about how she gets mad that he buys too many Viking lamps. Okay. It was only like five or six episodes ago, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Marshall says, but this time the news might be that he not he might not be able to give him a grandchild. We get back to Barney talking about the laser county laser tag co champion that maybe if he wins they can mix the bad news with good. We're back to Ted and Robin's apartment and it's the third day of work and we get another thumbs down in Raspberry. And a flashback. Robin talks about fertilizer seeping into the groundwater, causing, and then Sandy cuts her off. Is Shapoopy pitching a story about manure? Genius. <laughs> and so Robin, like, tries to play it off. Yes, in a five-year career, there's bound to be a few embarrassing moments. And she had just one, but then Sandy yells out, Gregory, and then <laughs> plays the flashback of everything. Every Robin Sparkles video. Um, the time that her makeup artist... Made her look like a clown sex worker. The giant fan reporting from Japan and her adult diapers commercial. And everyone's <laughs> laughing at her. And vomiting into a purse. Oh, yeah, I forgot that one. <laughs> they even found the video of me getting attacked by an owl. Which Ted didn't know about, which will come up a few more times here. 
So Ted, future Ted, says at that moment he knew what he had to do for his friend Robin. But first, he had to do something for himself. <laughs> Show me owl attack. So we're at Dr. Stangle's office. So Marshall says he's freaking out. Is there a chance he can't have kids? He has been hit in the nuts a lot. Dr. Stangle says, yeah, we don't know anything. We'll do some tests, but, you know, we need a sperm sample. And, you know, there's room at the end of the hall. You know, go do your business. Right. So as Marshall's entering the room, there's a guy coming out going, all yours, buddy. And then that leads Marshall to think about all the men that have just been preceding him as previous sperm generators. (laughs) Okay. That works. I'll have the fourth guy. I'm here every Thursday. (laughs) All right, so Marshall asks if he can just take it home. He can't get his business done there. Stangle's fine with it, but he's closes in an hour, and he's not back till Tuesday, so the clock is ticking. Make it fast. And then this is really uncomfortable, too, I feel like. I kind of liked it. <laughs> Only way I know how, Doc. Only way I know how. <laughs> like, it was funny, but it's still like, as a doctor, like, I don't know that I want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marshall gets back to his condo and as soon as he walks in his parents are there surprise so they showed up because they haven't heard from him in a few days marvin desperately needs to know if he has any sixes <laughs> go fish and he pulls lily aside to talk to him and i like lily's uh they just showed up your mom's already rearranged my kitchen organized my closet and she asked me if i lost height not weight <laughs> height good lie <laughs> right Marshall, yeah, I'm very excited that they're here, too. Like, completely ignoring her <laughs> state of mind right now. But then he catches her up on what he has to do. So Marshall's in the bathroom trying to get his sample done. Oh, you missed the best part. <laughs> She's like, all right, you go do your thing. I'm going to handle your parents. And then she, like, shakes her boobs at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, but it was very, very PG-13. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. But... She didn't even... She even... She had several layers on, and... She only peeled, like, one of the three layers to do it. I know, but it's still funny in theory. <laughs> and that was all he needed. Or until or his... potentially. Yeah. So as he's in the bathroom... Now, this is my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> Especially with Judy. So he's in there trying to get in the right state of mind. His mom's yelling through the door, Marshall, Marshall, I just got a new bathing suit for the beach this summer. It's a two-piece. I mean, can you imagine... Me in a two-piece bathing suit at my age? Just picture it. Picture it. (laughs) I mean, why in the world is she talking to him through the bathroom door, first of all? Like, regardless of what he's doing in there. Yeah, it's strange. This is not the time to be having conversations. Yeah, just wait till he he comes out. And then his dad's talking about some kicker, Vikings kicker named Fred Cox, and he's like yelling, Cox, Cox, Cox. (laughs) And Marshall eventually starts like... Mouthing along with it. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice. All right. We're at the apartment, and Ted's there with Robin. He said he looked up his address. Robin says, who? <laughs> you said who. Remind me of the owl. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> Which, isn't that what Sandy just said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he went over to speak to Sandy he thought he needed to listen to common sense and reasonable discourse. Tell me those aren't the name of your fists. They're my feet. Actually, I'm more of a kicker. <laughs> so he went to his apartment, and as we get the flashback, Ted's bad kung fuing his way through the hall. Right. I think we've seen him do this a few times before. Sandy opens the door to him, says, you're not the pizza guy, but doesn't... I don't know if he recognizes Ted, because he's... Mad no, probably not. 
And so Cindy is very bald with a very bad comb over. And in his apartment is a gimp. Uh, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's it was very Pulp Fiction style gimp. Okay, there was a a dominatrix big... and a bear wearing a bra. Oh, apparently, I only zeroed in on the bear. I didn't notice <laughs> the other people in there. Wow, the bear does draw your attention. <laughs> Ted takes a picture. Sandy smiles for the picture. <laughs> Ted says, after the flashback, he's changing his advice, steering to Sandy and run him down instead of steering to the skid. Robin's excited because she knows that Sandy would be embarrassed by people knowing he wears a toupee. Ted's like, really? That's your takeaway? Nothing on the bear and the bra? Oh, no. He's very open about that. That's Gregory. Nice guy. <laughs> I like that he's open about that. Yeah, good That's for That's an interesting little character trait. <laughs> Wait, so is Gregory open about that, or is Sandy open about that? <laughs> Sandy. Okay. That's how they I thought maybe Gregory. Gregory just, like, worked there and, like, had a bear cross oh, wait. on the side. Oh, wait, that's Gregory from the person he calls Gregory, oh, too? It is. Oh, <laughs> wow. Put that together. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, we're very slow tonight. <laughs> that's a nice little layer there. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Okay, we're back at Marshall and Lily's. Judy's talking to the door still. The top is so low cut. Your father says he has a front row seat to the Minnesota Twins. Oh, by the way, Marshall, do we need to know if you're coming to Florida this summer? Are you coming, Marshall? Marshall, are you coming? God. Great. (laughs) So uncomfortable. Yeah, I I laughed my way through that. I noticed that you weren't really (laughs) laughing, but that really tickled me. (laughs) So Marshall, yeah, steps out. He's going to leave. They want to know where he's going, and Marshall doesn't know what to say, so Lily just comes right out and says it. Which, ultimately, Marshall's thankful for. He kind of talks to his parents about what's going on, you know, gets some reassurance from from them that, you know, it's going to be okay no matter what. Yeah. We're back at the apartment. Ted asks, you know, how was this last day of work? But it was a good day, and we get the flashback. Uh, Sandy's there calling Robin sparkles wanting to know if she's got anything on malls and robin looks like she's about to do the big reveal on the picture of him right but instead she and then as she's telling telling this Ted goes yes put him in a body bag and then does some more which is, karate yeah which is from the karate kid mm. she said she didn't just want to visually attack someone on the blue like some kind of owl <laughs> exactly so she took his first advice and she pulls out uh, the Robin Sparkles jean jacket to show everyone. <laughs> that has a 10 on it. Now I feel like I have to go back and be like, did it always have a 10 on it? <laughs> so we get the narrator. After his parents have gone back to Minnesota, Marshall got the results of his test. And Marshall's in the office with <laughs> Dr. Stengel. I'm afraid I have some very bad news, Marshall. Judging from the results of your test, it's very unlikely they'll be able to father a child. Marshall reacts badly, and then Stangle starts to go into some advice about a spirited cardio route, preferably with a partner involving any light-based firearm activity in the tri-state area. (laughs) Poughkeepsie, for example. Yeah, I think... Now, the beard is much, much worse in this scene. Yeah. And the hair is more obviously a wig. But I wonder if the first time we saw this, if we noticed it was Barney and not Dr. Stangle. No. It was a good scene. Damn it, Barney, what are you doing here? <laughs> Gets kicked out again. Yeah, this time Dr. Stangle comes in and, and boots him again. Tells Marshall his sperm's fine. So they go celebrate at the bar, champagne, and then we get the very quick countdown here. So Marshall wants to borrow the phone to call his dad from Ted. 
Where's Marshall's phone? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and so this is where we see... Does this lead, with Marshall not having his phone right now, does that lead into all the messages that his dad left him? I don't know. In the next episode with the last message? Maybe. That probably, that's probably a setup for that. Yeah. Um, but here we get the flash of the garage and no dad in it this time. Right. We can imagine that he might have been on the floor in the garage oh, from the heart right. attack. But at the end of the flashback, Marshall's in front of the condo. Or no, I'm sorry. He's, in, no, he's outside now of McLaren's. Lily comes up in a cab. And, and so he's, you know, as he's walking out, he's kind of saying, man, this is great. I was expecting bad news. I really was. And then, yeah, the cab pulls up, Lily comes out, Marshall's really excited, and, yeah, Lily's looking very distraught, and, you know, tells him, you know, his dad had a heart attack and didn't make it, and just, like, just, like, the most emotional scene, probably, of this entire series. Correct. Yeah. It, it's a very short scene, and I got teared up very quickly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've seen this, I don't even know how many times, but, yeah, every time it gets you. And that's the end of the episode. Yep. And apparently that line, you know, his line that he does at the end was improvised. I'm not ready for this. The My dad's dead. I'm not ready for, like, the whole thing. Because mm. he didn't know what her line was going to be. He just knew that oh, when she said, like, right. it, that was going to be his, you know, he had to just react to whatever. Oh, that's great. They did that in, there's a famous story from MASH where they did that. The first commanding officer of the army ba- or the medical army base that they're on was on it for the first three or four seasons, really likable colonel, and was being released from his position, and he was he was done serving his tour duty. And so they had the final episode with him, and, you know, hugs everyone goodbye, it's a really emotional goodbye, and then he leaves. And then in the next scene, they're all in the operating room working on soldiers, and one of the characters comes in and reads a, I guess... Not a letter, but a report that had come in electronically somehow, mm-hmm. and meant, you know said that so and so's plane went down on its flight, and then everyone. <laughs> I was starting to get a little teary eyed from this. <laughs> uh, they hadn't told the cast that that was going to happen, oh. and so then they just stayed on all the different characters, and all their eyes were watering. And they just, no one said anything, and they just kept operating. Oh, wow. So I think that was sort of, they probably borrowed from that. Maybe, yeah. To get an authentic reaction. Well, I really just get teary-eyed from telling that story. <laughs> it's not even a real person. But this is me, people. I cry. Oh, yeah, he cries at TV and movies thing. very easily. Real life, not so much. No. Anything fictional, waterworks. Yeah, outside of movies and TV, I've maybe cried like four or five times in the last two decades. <laughs> Um, so one thing I did find in trivia was that um, Marshall's dad's death kind of lines up in season four, episode 10. There's a flash forward to, you know, Thanksgiving in three to five years. And his the dad's not at the table in that. Okay. I feel like you don't see very many people. Is that the one where he's got the lightsaber? That's what I'm wondering. It probably is. But I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like, I wonder if they had had it planned out that far in advance or if that was just, yeah, they didn't have the actor for that day or whatever. You never know with them. Some stuff's, like, so very plotted out. What was your favorite joke or line? Um, I think my favorite was just Ted's karate kicking down <laughs> Sandy's hallway. 
Mine again is is Marshall's mom yelling through the door. My least favorite is probably gonna be Barney's talking about his response to steering to the skid, using that to talk about laser tag. Just was nonsense. I think mine is probably Barney in the appointment with like just being so weird. With, with the, the sensory deprivator okay. thing on. Yeah, that that didn't play very well. Okay, let's get to the other emails. We have one from Felix, which means there's going to be some good questions. Always. Felix writes, hey, this is one of the, if not the best episode of all the series. I liked how they did Barney's doppelganger. After you've watched this episode a couple of times, you get sad when you see the numbers because you already know what is going to happen. Barney is gross as always. I love how they treated the pregnancy. I don't know how it feels to try to have a baby. But it must be hard. <laughs> it is. It can be, I mean, for people that are intentionally trying. <laughs> and it doesn't happen right away. In my head, I was picturing him. Oh, making a Barney joke? No, he doesn't oh. know how, how it feels to try to have a baby, as in delivering. Uh, like having, like being. That's not how I. <laughs> I mean, obviously, from what led up to that, I shouldn't have thought that. But he wrote that, I started to laugh because, like, of course you don't. <laughs> no. One thing I don't like... Oh, he goes on. One thing I don't like is Robin's storyline. It's very boring compared to the other storyline in the episode. Sandy Rivers is also gross, but liked how she embraced it at the end. Marshall's father is the best, and the scene when we find out he died is the most emotional moment of the series. That's just like you said. Just said. I didn't even read that part of the email. <laughs> Maybe you and Felix should be together. Maybe. I cry all the time, and Ted is annoying. <laughs> Wait, what did Ted have to do with anything? <laughs> I think he said that a few times before. I think that's, <laughs> right. that's his... It's just a running commentary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even the subject line is just Ted must be the worst. <laughs> yeah, he said that before. I forget what the episode was where he was commenting on that. So, worst joke, this is like a black car walked through... Cat. Or black... Whoa. It does say car. It was a miss. Yeah, but type. you know what the joke was. <laughs> it was like a black cat walked through my uterus. Best joke, you, sir, have got some strong swimmers. And as always, here is five questions. When was the last time you went to the movie theaters? His was when he watched the new Indiana Jones movie. It was bad. <laughs> that like made me laugh when I read it. Made me laugh again. <laughs> Very succinct. Yeah, it makes me know that I'm not sure if I'll ever watch it. Just because, yeah, the last the last one wasn't so good. I'm not that inspired to watch the new one. I feel like very out of the loop on movies, like ever since we switched all of our stuff to streaming, like I never see commercials for movies. Mm. I like don't ever know what's coming out. Like I haven't seen a single thing about Indiana Jones. It pops up on my TikTok a lot. Oh, really? And my company just banned us from using TikTok, but... What? Because we have federal contracts, and we, if we use our phone for meetings or calls for work, having TikTok on our phone can be dangerous for national security. Like that's all bullshit, but okay. Well, do you know what the level of data that TikTok's collecting from us? Are you allowed to use Facebook? It's basically the same. I don't know. At least Facebook is, we can control them through legal matters. We can't do that to TikTok. Facebook's a U.S. company. I think it's all overblown. Every company is collecting data about us at every given point in time. Yeah, but they're not sort of enemy states. And I know China's not our, strictly our enemy, but they are... It's let's not put run it as, by the Chinese government. All businesses belong to the Chinese government, though, in, mm-hmm. in some way. I, I guarantee that the Chinese government can take that data from 
TikTok, whatever the overriding company is, anytime they want. And, and do, I'm sure. But on my phone, I don't really care. Now, I'm not... The only thing I'm really banned from... I mean, the problem is I might take a Teams call on my phone if I can't take it from my desk mm-hmm. and have to be in the car. It's not like phone calls are the problem, that they might, they might be listening to your phone calls. But they are looking at other things on your phone, other behaviors on your phone, not just what you're looking at on TikTok. Hmm. Just like in the way that our phone's listening to us and mm-hmm. Facebook all of a sudden pops yeah. up something. Well, that's what I'm saying. Everything's listening to us at all points in time. If you have a smartphone... All right, we're going down a rabbit hole we here. We really are. But <laughs> we probably should cut all that. <laughs> at any rate, I don't uh, even know how we got there. Okay, um, so the last movie we saw was Super Mario Brothers. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep trying to convince Steve to t- to go to the Barbie movie with me. And I will. We <laughs> but just it took to, a few weeks. Yeah, we just need to, Yeah, I've read a few <laughs> reviews and some comments, and I've read a bad review and then a good review, and uh, it seems like a fun movie, so I'm in. Okay, second question. What's your favorite game of all time? Does not have to be a console game. Mine is Red Dead Redemption 2. The story in that game is just incredible. Jen, you wrote Super Mario or Tetris. Like, I'm real basic. I love, like, <laughs> the old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Super Mario 3. I just downloaded Tetris on my iPad, but it's annoying because there's, like, literally a commercial after every single thing. I need to find, like, a better... Tetris app. I think I can get it on my Switch. But those are the yeah. those are two of my favorites. I think you know, current games. Um, Animal Crossing. I was definitely into a lot of Animal Crossing at the beginning of the pandemic. Like a lot of people, so that that one holds a little cozy spot in my heart. I yeah. I almost kind of think about what games I enjoyed the most when they were out. So. Mm-hmm. I can't say that, say, for example, Super Mario Brothers is my favorite game now, but I don't think there's anything there's I like became a more... Yeah. I don't think there's anything I became more addicted to than Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers when it was out. I'd say uh, Tour of Duty. I really loved it. I, I got addicted... Call of Duty? Call of Duty, thank you. Call of Duty, I got really addicted to for a year or so when I started playing that, and then just kind of walked away and wasn't very interested in anymore. That's so funny, because I like really just can't even picture you playing video games as an adult. <laughs> yeah, I don't do it much now. Lately, I've been kind of addicted to my online poker app, which you you buy chips, but you don't you can't cash out. So it's, it's free, but you can't lose money. You, yeah, it's not like, gambling. Yeah, it's... It's just a game. Yeah, your, your chip total's in the millions, and if you run out and you pay... Five dollars, you'll get a hundred million dollars worth of chips or something. So, and you can play any of the levels of different uh, different blind levels. So your money can last for a long time. So that's what I'm playing right now. All right, what's your favorite book of all time? His is Matthew Perry's biography, and it's I think it means autobiography, and it's called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. So I actually did read that, Felix, because I read almost all <laughs> celebrity it's memoirs. True. And that really one was, messing up my Kindle algorithm. That one was fun, but I couldn't. I reread a lot of them as well because right. some of the stories are so interesting to me. I can't reread his because same reason I can't reread Slash's memoir. It's just drugs and alcohol the entire way through, pretty uh, much. And it's that's the whole story. Is right. I was high here, I was high there. I tried to quit here. I tried to quit there. 
didn't work. I'm high again. I'm, it just, it's all the way, it permeates the entire stories. And okay. so it's like, okay, I'm, I'm really glad to know all this. It's very interesting, and some of his Hollywood stories are really good. But having to weave through all that addiction is really hard. Yeah. But I haven't ventured into that one yet. But my favorite book of all time is The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Chabon. Oh, nothing's overtaken that. No, not yet. And I actually did get that signed by him in person, so I was pretty excited about nice. that. That was a good book. Um, mine for a very long time was In the Woods by Tana French. Um, I really, really liked that book. And then probably about a year or two ago, I read this other book called Played Bad Heroines, which I absolutely loved, too. And so that's up on, I think, probably bumped In the Woods off. And then there's a book I need to I'll read. I'll have to read it then. Yeah. Um, there's a book I need to reread that I read probably, again, another like year or two ago called I'm Thinking of Ending Things that... Yeah, I think it was a Netflix movie, too. I don't know that I ever actually watched that movie. But it was it was a really interesting book and, like, really had me thinking at the end of it. So, like, I kind of want to... It's just been popping in my head again recently. So I don't know if it's, like, a favorite, but it's just something that, I'm like, I don't tend to really reread books. I like to yeah, just go on to new things. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I want to reread that one. Because I think this, this book I just finished, Death in Her Hands, kind of reminded me of it a little bit. I'm actually rereading David Copperfield by Charles Dickens right now and really enjoying it again. Nice. I don't reread very often. I've, there's really three books I reread every five to ten years, and that's Cavalier and Clay, David Copperfield, and The Count of Monte Cristo. Hmm. Yes, I have a never-ending to-be-read pile, so it's, it's hard to <laughs> you know, find the time to reread books. And... For you, Felix, my favorite memoir is probably... Jason Priestley. No, Rob Lowe's. Wow. <laughs> the, the stories I only tell my friends, because I was just totally fascinated with him in the 80s when he was a Brad Packer, and he lived such a... what seemed like a charmed life, although he, too, was kind of plagued with alcoholism and doing too many drugs. Right. But the women he dated, the older Hollywood actors that he and actresses that he interacted with a lot, all really good, fun stories. All right, next question. What's the best trilogy? Felix's favorite is the Dark Knight trilogy. Every single one has so many iconic scenes, and he can't forget that the best Joker is in the second one. And Jen agrees with that. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything I liked better. I was thinking Hunger Games for a little bit, but like if you stack those two up, like Dark Knight trilogy is so much better in almost every way. And mine would be Lord of the Rings. And finally, what one show do you want to see again for the first time? His is Breaking Bad. And yours? I put Grey's Anatomy. I, That'd be a long rewatch. <laughs> well, I think, like, that first season was so good. And I remember, like, you know, kind of being sucked in. So this was back in the day of, like, you know, just watch TV when TV's on. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I would watch Desperate Housewives. And then, like, I was in college at the time. So then I'd, like, start doing my homework or whatever and kind of just leave the TV on. And then I started getting sucked in because Grey's Anatomy was on right after. And so I started getting sucked into that. And so it was just like a kind of a fun experience of like, oh, this is a cool new show. But I think I need a lot of time to think on that to see if that's like my definitive answer. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't even know really how to answer this one. I, th- I think I jumped to curb your enthusiasm because if I'd never seen it before, I could binge it all the way through instead of having to wait sometimes five to seven mm-hmm. years in between yeah, seasons. Long breaks. So I think that would probably be my choice and. What seemed so cringy to me when it started is seems less cringy now because 
so much TV as cringe TV. Right. That I think I'd be able to breeze, and I have rewatched it a few times, mm-hmm. but seeing it with fresh eyes, I'd be able to more comfortably breeze through it and not be so off-put by some of the things that other people are doing there or that he's doing. What so about The cool. Office? I feel like The Office was another one where it was just like, oh, this is so hard to watch. Right. Okay. And here's Felix's top 10 rappers of all time. Starting at 10, J. Cole. Number 9, Ice Cube. 8, Nas. 7, 50 Cent. 6, Andre 3000. 5, Jay-Z. 4, Kendrick Lamar. 3, Eminem. 2, Biggie. And 1, Tupac. So nice. his top two are the same as mine. I can't remember if I had Eminem at 3. I think I probably did. I can't remember. No, I had BC Boys. But I can't remember. Never mind. And as always, I hope you have a great week. You too. Thank you, Felix. Always enjoyable to hear from you. Ooh, and another email. Holy uh, cow, this just keeps email going. Email from Sam again. He, he wrote us for the first time last week, or the last podcast. Right. Welcome back. Hey, guys. And his, the title of his, his email is Why Zoe Needed Ted. Hey, guys. No, this isn't really about why Zoe needed Ted, but I do think she did. That's a confusing way to start this email. <laughs> I mean, she didn't get much validation in her crusades, he puts in quotes, and he provided that when he supported her, even if in the end he realized he couldn't possibly support her mission to save the Arcadian. That's one of my favorite episodes in the entire series, by the way, Landmarks. But that's later on in the season. Anyway, this, is, this email is about bad news instead. The doppelganger thing is hilarious to me, and I love how Marshall and Lily use the sighting of Barney doppelganger as the sign that Marshall should put a baby in Lily's belly. (laughs) It's even better here, and the fertility doctor being the spitting image of Barney and having them on screen at the same time makes for some priceless humor. But in the end, this is serious, and I appreciate the way this show was able to present the scenes of levity just as well as the scenes of hilarity. It's not easy to deal with infertility, which I know about firsthand. So treating that subject with kid gloves is so important. Marshall worrying about that, worrying that he's the reason for it is a huge worry, especially when it's ultimately proven to be him in the end. How they deal with this ultimately is done very well, in my opinion, and brings the two of them closer. Now, Marshall and Lily are probably my two least favorite characters on the show, but in these kinds of heavy scenes, they shine. This dynamic is ultimately shown in, the full, in full in the final season, which I know you two are not quite fans of, but which I love completely. Ted is my favorite character, by the way. He reminds me of myself. (laughs) He reminds me of myself at his age, which is not as complimentary as it seems, but it's real. Ted is real. I'll have more to say about him later. Keep on podcasting, guys. I'm loving it. I think we might need to have Sam. Sam versus Felix? No, I think we need to have (laughs) Sam on one of our season nine episodes to tell us why he loves season nine so much. I mean, I'm still and loving I might, season nine. And I might pick the worst one or my least <laughs> favorite one for him to defend. Bedtime stories, maybe? Although that does have uh, Lin-Manuel. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, no, I'm, I feel like I've said this before, but I feel like um, I'm kind of looking forward to season nine just because I've only ever watched it once, so it'll be like yeah, watching a new season, basically, for me. Okay, well, next week is the last message, or last message. Something no, like that. I don't have a question, but it's, yeah, I think it's last message, which we deal with Marvin's funeral. And Marshall being a giant pain in the ass, which, like, I know his dad just died, but I remember him being really annoying in this episode. <laughs> is that why you called me annoying at my mom's funeral? No, stop it. 
I do really like uh, Robin in this episode, though. How she's... <laughs> she's good. <laughs> she's, she's the red from uh, Shawshank Redemption <laughs> right. in this. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for writing in. That was lovely. And Jen and I and the family have an exciting week. We're going oh, yeah. on a tour of Minnesota. Next oh week, God. we are Can going... Can I tell you about my two-piece bathing suit that I'm going to wear to the beach? <laughs> Well, I was going to mention to them that, you know, we're going to St. Cloud to see the Mart, the Ericsons. <laughs> we're going to Pelican, what is it, Pelican Bay to see the barn that <laughs> Marshall's grandfather haunts. We're going to Bemidji. We're going, no. Are you uh, going to see a Vikings game? No, actually, we are, my family's having a little family, family reunion in Minneapolis and so we decided that we're going to go and get stay at a, a lake resort in Minnesota, a couple hours outside of Minneapolis for a few days, and then go to the family reunion. So we are doing Minnesota. So we'll be able to report back on what Minnesota is like. Right in time for Marshall to be in Minnesota. Oh, my God. This is really good timing. <laughs> I don't know if we can fit it in, but maybe we need to try and <laughs> podcast, from podcast live from, not live, but podcast from Minnesota. What a great idea. All right. And we're leaving in three days. So I, I have two days to get this out. I will really try and rush the editing of this so that you guys, folks don't have to wait a whole nother week to hear Jen and Steve. All right, folks. I believe in you, baby. Oh, thanks. That's what you wrote me when I was going to the bathroom the other day. Ew. <laughs> That's a callback. I know, but it's still a gross callback. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>